0: Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash And please tell your friends about us.
1: Welcome to America, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods.
0: Hey Americans, happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this episode. We are taking the week off this week, so we have decided to share with you our very first Patreon episode just to give you a little taste of what you might be missing out on if you aren't currently one of our sponsors. So please enjoy and we'll see you next week.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Uh, and I'm Aaron Sagers, one
1: of your hosts of Night America, and uh, excited to be here. That's your line, isn't That's it? That's my line. That's your I'm line.
0: excited to be here as and well. Who I'm, are you? I'm Britt. I am the other co-host for America, not a paranormal journalist by any means, but a Spooky Things fangirl, and I attempt to be an expert on true crime.
1: As in, you've committed many crimes. Truly.
0: Yes, truly. Truly.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so the idea with this is, as previously stated, to just get a diversity of voices, kind of different... Takes male female different ages like for instance when we were talking about the internets Mm -hmm. and all that you have a very specific take on being a woman that's out there dating Mm -hmm. using dating apps younger things that like it's funny i think like guys myself included i try to be conscientious i try to be like aware of like what it's like to be a woman moving about the world and the security concerns and all that that you Mm -hmm. have to consider. But I have no real clue. Like, I try to sympathize, but I can't really truly empathize.
0: But to pay you a compliment, you are much more aware than most men.
1: No, thank you. That is a compliment.
0: I think it partially is because you're close to your niece, and you've got a sister, and you've got a lot of good female friends. You are more aware than most men.
1: I just, like... It does, like, and I think that's the thing with the true crime stuff. When I listen to it, like it, I, as I've mentioned before, some of the stuff that I listen to, like uh, My Favorite Murder, right? Mm-hmm. Great podcast,
0: my favorite podcast,
1: and outside of this one, hopefully. Uh, yes, <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not even our own favorite. No, right? <laughs> no,
0: I'm not. Karen Kilgariff <laughs> I mean, will forever
1: and always be we're my like favorite. Solid top ten Nightmare America, but you know, uh, it's like
0: my favorite murder, Sinisterhood, and then Nightmare America. Somewhere
1: down the line <laughs> is our own podcast. Uh, to be fair, I yeah, my own projects are never my favorite <laughs> projects because I'm too close to them and I'm like really self conscious, but when i listen to like my favorite murder and i the i think i i respect that it's two women that are having this conversation and i'm like oh my freaking god when i hear about some of these stories because like I, the, the, it's 95 percent women that yeah. all of these horrible things are happening to. yeah it is and you have to think about is that why you like it so much like, but not not that. You, like, I is it sort of a survival. mechanism? I think it's a
0: survival mechanism. Um, as a woman, being able to hear and listen, you often hear "I survived" type of stories, um, and so being able to learn from that is really fantastic. Sure. Um, there's also that really great book that touches on this called "The Gift of Fear." by I believe Gavin De Becker that I've read um, that talks about how your body knows how to be afraid of something before your mind does, like how your hair stands on end and when you walk into some place and he, I think that's what it is, is it's like a survival mode to be prepared for. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned it mostly being women because the story that I'll get into later today as Men are the victims. Flip side, yeah. yeah.
1: Let me just say, let me um, recommend for everyone out there, uh, sort of along that same line, is a good friend of mine, sociologist, PhD, Dr. Margie Kerr. Mm. She wrote a book called uh, Scream, I believe. Um, and it's all about the sociology of fear. Ooh. And not just, not specifically true crime, but she gets into that a little bit but sort of the necessity of fear and what's happening with our brains and our bodies when we are afraid. Um, and she kind of puts herself through multiple scenarios to kind of stoke it and find out what's going on as a a framing tactic, uh, for the science about it. But we have also talked at length about things like haunted houses Mm -hmm. and horror movies and the sociology of fear surrounding that, I would recommend that for you. If you I will as one. soon
0: as the libraries reopen.
1: Or I could probably just loan you a oh, copy. Okay.
0: Once I can see you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can mail
1: it. I'll, carry, I'll, I'll, postmate it over to you. Sounds good. Postmate's Ooh, with some barbecue. I'm, yeah, with some barbecue. <laughs> I'm definitely wanting some barbecue. Um, so, uh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, our topic today is we're gonna talk a little bit about americana roadside attractions kind of things uh road trips
0: as we're stuck in quarantine
1: i know dreaming
0: about a vacation (laughs) right
1: right and uh and also like i think i talked about this a little bit i had read american gods recently by neil gaiman great book first time reading it took me a long time to to finally read it because i don't know i just wasn't really ready for that for it yet um love it now one of my favorite books but it talks a lot about the power of well sort of american culture and people coming over to this this country bringing their own religions their own gods essentially but it also talks about the power of sort of roadside attractions they're they're sort of holy places in america in a way because people are drawn to them for whatever unknown reason and even you know they're like sort of places of worship almost um and that's a fascinating concept to me um, what's your favorite, like roadside attraction or weird thing that you've been drawn to?
0: You know, I've never stopped at a roadside attraction. Really? I uh, we went on road trips. Actually, I have it. Okay,
1: here's the twist.
0: Here's the twist. You're so gonna laugh at me for this.
1: I was probably gonna laugh at you anyway. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> um, growing up in Europe, it's just so awesome that our road trips from Paris are going to Germany and mm. going to Italy like yeah. that I was so fortunate with that and we frequently would go to the south of France on our road trips and going down to the south of France there is a roadside attraction called the Nuga house okay. it is a house like a cute little um there's a comic in France called Asterix. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a Viking. It's like a little oh, yeah. Yeah. Viking shanty house that just sells nougat. Yeah. I don't even like nougat, but that's the that's my favorite roadside attraction. Is the nougat house? Okay. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I growing up, uh, as I've mentioned before, um, the um, I grew up in Florida, so. We had a lot of road trips, uh, as I mentioned, youngest mm-hmm. of five. We would drive most places. But when you're driving into uh, South Carolina, I believe it is, that when you cross, there's a thing called South of the Border. And it's these one of these attractions that is advertised for miles and miles, and miles like 100 miles or something. And there's just these very punny goofy billboards along the road for it feels like a 100 miles uh and but when you approach it it's it is kind of cool but it's it's not anything really fancy (gasps) or whatever it's just basically a uh uh you know uh, over uh, glamorized um uh shopping area and not even like a fancy shopping area it's just it's like, a like an outlet replace. mall or something no like souvenirs oh, okay. and stuff and like a motel and whatnot and you can get a, a magnet and light up sombrero kind of thing you uh,
0: went to this place and you didn't bring me back a giant light up sombrero actually i um this podcast is over
1: i know yes I, didn't, I haven't gone recently but um yeah so we would do a lot of like road trips to places like that but um But that's not what we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of interesting roads out there. uh, A lot of road trips, a lot of roadside Americana to talk about. um, But we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to go a little bit further out west instead of east coast. Uh, So... um, Why don't you hit me with your story?
0: Absolutely. Um, So if you are planning a road trip once quarantine lifts, as we talked about, finally being able to get out of the house, um, if you have a little one, you might look at going to Galena, Kansas, Um, It's where the inspiration behind Toe Mater from Cars came from. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you know that, Disney expert. Uh, I will say Radiator Springs is my most favorite roller coaster in in Disney. Yeah, it's
1: Um, a good roller coaster. It's
0: the best. And that this is totally off topic. But, I mean, I guess Cars is kind of road trippy. Um, But that park is also where my nephew had his first churro. And like it was a religious experience for him. Anyway, so if you have a little one, you might go see the uh, Tomater truck in Galena, Kansas. Yeah. Or if you are a creep like me, you will go just down the street a little bit and go to the Kansas Murder Bordello that's in Galena. Um, so it was built in 1890. It was originally constructed, get this, as an employment benefit for the Galena Mining Company. Which, like, I was super excited to work where I do because the health insurance is really good. But, like, imagine that your company just has a bordello on the side. You know? That's a lot.
1: Different times.
0: It's a very different time.
1: HR. And look, I mean, let me just say, I'm, I mean, like, I'm pro-sex work. I mean, like I think. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, people want to do it.
0: Totally. I'm
1: totally down. Let's do it, it in a safe you way. Know, be, do it in a safe way where people are not getting murdered because that's the other big target of a lot of murders. Yes. Are, uh, sex workers. Yes. So I would rather create a situation where they feel safe to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the bordello was run by a woman named Ma Steffelback. She was one of history's business women, one of the few businesswomen back in history. Um, she served cheap whiskey mm-hmm. and offered games of chance that were, of course, rigged for the house to win because that's just gambling. Um, one thing that I really love about her is that she liked to be in control of everything. And so she had a partner named Charles Wilson, and she refused to marry him. She was like, you can live with me, you can help me run this bordello, but, like, I am not marrying you. Which, like, I think is kind of cool. Like, back then, women had to get married, they had to have kids, and, like, Ma was just living her own life. Mm -hmm. So, as the story goes, Ma was a real uh, visionary, one might say. She was, like, always wanting to make a dollar, would kind of do whatever she could to, like, put more money in her wallet. Um, So... She realized that she could get some of these traveling Johns that would come in, either drugged or sloppy drunk, and rob them. And so she wouldn't get caught robbing them. She would enlist her sons to take these men to a back room and bludgeon them with an axe. Mm-hmm. And then her partner, who she refused to marry, would then put them in, like, a horse-drawn carriage, because it's, like, the 1890s, and drop them in the abandoned mines that were in the area. So the bodies would never be found. Um, and she had this going for six years.
1: It's a lot of, a lot of miners.
0: That's a lot of miners. Um, It all ended when she got in a fight with one of her girls named Cora. uh, And she kicked Cora out. They were living there. She wouldn't allow her to live there anymore. And Cora went straight to the sheriff. Told them everything. Had names of some of the missing miners. Said where she was hiding the bodies. So they immediately go and start draining the mines and finding them. And they found one miner whose name was Frank Galbraith. uh, And that was enough to convict them. They were convicted in 1897. Um, they all went to jail, Charles, her sons, Ma. She was in jail for 12 years, um, and then she passed away. But she, com- she said she was innocent the entire time that she was in jail. Um, she was really cautious, and she would hide the gold and the loot that she would steal from these dudes, but it's never been found. Mm-hmm. And they've only found two bodies because they would hide them everywhere but it's estimated i mean she was doing this for six years so it's estimated that there's at least 50 men that she killed yeah which is insane um so it was in, a lot easier
1: back then to dispose of bodies totally, and then just make people disappear
0: totally i mean in the seance story you talk about there is a guy that just vanished yeah off the face of the earth you know it happened back then um So in 2013, it reopened as a museum. It has this, like, weird, crazy crow, like, tree statue outside of it, because a group of crows is called a murder. murder. Um, There's a woman named Christine who runs a blog called Mm -hmm. JoplinMissouriLife.com. Joplin, Missouri, is like a 10-minute drive that's right across the border. Um, She did a tour of the house and claimed to feel several cold spots, especially in the bathroom, Um, And it was an 80 degree day, so it's not like it was like a cold December day. Um, She also learned while going through this tour in 1990, it was turned into a nursing home. So not only is there the energy of these deceased men from the bordello, it was also a nursing home and old people passed away there as well. So there's a lot of different types of energy there. So if you're in Kansas, you can go and pop by, see if any of the spirits haunt you. They have a Facebook page. Um, And there's also, if you want more information about Ma, where I got most of mine from was this really good book called The Bedside Book of Bad Girls, Outlaw Women of the Old West by Michael Root. And if you're not living your life to, like, be put in a book like that, I think you're doing it wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I am familiar with this story, and I'm, I'm familiar with the... Supposed hauntings of the place. The that being the actual location of the bordello is somewhat suspect. A yeah.
0: Yes. Um so Ron Warnick, who runs Route sixty six news, mm-hmm. found a, is a woman named Marilyn Schmidt. Who's part of the genealogical historical society, Um, and she found a journal saying that the bordello was actually further out of town, and that it was a much smaller place, and that it actually burned down before the family was ever arrested. Yeah, but that doesn't
1: take away from any potential hauntings that might be there. Totally. I mean,
0: it's just a fun story.
1: It is no, I mean, fun. I mean, it's but like uh, a good story to tell. Well, I mean the uh, so. I've done a fair amount of research on Route 66, mm-hmm. and um, Route 66 starts out, or used uh, used to uh, run a uh, 2,448 mile route, it was called the Main Street of America, and it began in a place where you uh, called home Chicago. city I Yes, and would dip down into Missouri and just briefly crossed over into kansas right by uh galena mm-hmm. and then down to oklahoma through the top of uh, texas across new mexico arizona and then concluding in los angeles area in california America is excited to announce we have a new sponsor manscaped and to talk about the men's grooming kit. We have a really big fan of Manscaped, but not a man, a Sasquatch.
0: From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape.
2: Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's uh, that's what my friends call me.
0: Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life?
2: Oh, sure, sure. Wood Booger, yeah, we Mo Mo, Wendigo, mogulon. we all we all hang out.
0: Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best.
2: We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches.
0: So, the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin safe ceramic blade when you groom your squash. Watchy regions.
2: Don't you know it? That lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop, whoop! That's what what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all.
0: Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy.
2: <laughs> well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right sizable. Sasquatchicles, big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock. I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time. Getting my squatchicles right where they needs to be.
0: Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades.
2: Or even for a human like me who uses a shower.
0: Is the Manscaped lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there?
2: Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches, or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden, because with that quiet stroke technology, it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the Squatch Code. you got to stay undercover, you know. I can even groom up my squashticles in the middle of the night because it's got an LED light on it so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are.
0: It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner.
2: Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped ball deodorant to, to make the cool smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk.
0: Maybe we should start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to Manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's...
2: Squatch-scaped.
0: No, no, it's not. It's Manscaped.
2: Manscaped. The right tools for the
1: job. So, just a couple of things about Route 66 that I want to talk about Ooh, yeah. before I just kind of mention my location. This is more of like a, a, a long journey to get to where I'm going to, but... Um,
0: I'm ready. I'm buckled in my seatbelt.
1: So, um, the, the number 66 has a lot of significance so this was this was a uh, important route this main street of america it was a national artery Um, and it's also been a route a route a route that has seen a lot of weird hauntings odd crimes even before it was a road known as route 66 it was supposedly just imbued with a lot of spiritual activity uh, the number sixty-six itself, within certain occult circles, represents a loss and faith of faith in the design, in the divine, an emergence of a self-serving nature on a path to material fulfillment. It can also mean a curse. Um, in metaphysical circles sixty-six refers to unseen energies mm. or creative inspiration. So that's all interesting because. Um, The father of Route 66, his name was Cyrus Avery, and he was a Freemason.
0: Freemasons.
1: Yes. They're so fascinating. And uh, Route 66 also follows along pretty close at times to the 33rd parallel. It dips down and follows along 33rd parallel. 33 is another significant number to Mm. the Freemasons. Um, But if you go to Oklahoma, where it crosses over... Um, there is a Masonic Lodge hiding in plain sight, which is not unusual. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Masonic Lodges, you know, there's a lot of interesting lore and history behind them, but it's not odd to, to find a Masonic Lodge. It's interesting, though, that Route 66 is marked along the way by Masonic uh, obelisks, or mm. was. So that Masonic Lodge is pretty much hiding in plain sight And it's at a Route 66 museum in Oklahoma. Um, And I just find that kind of fascinating. It's in Bristow, uh, Oklahoma, I believe. And I find that fascinating because it just kind of connects the meaning of uh, Route 66 with the Masons Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. But it's also, um, Route 66 is known for quirky, like roadside motels um all sorts of interesting hauntings it's just as a road itself it is almost paranormal in nature
0: well and it's just so tied to americana culture
1: yeah well yeah the the driving culture Mm -hmm. um and um yeah in addition to the masonic tributes there was like uh along the way there's stories of like UFOs um in um uh the uh, UFOs are spotted along the route uh there's supposedly uh in Amarillo, Texas. Uh there's another UFO sighting zone 11 which dates back to 1950. Mm. I feel like I'm breaking our format a little bit because I'm just talking about a lot of different things instead of one specific tale. But uh, I think it all, I think it, the focus on that would be the uh, the Masonic Lodge in Bristow, uh, Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because you see, I, I guess I haven't noticed them as much in New York, but in Chicago, you see a ton of like the Freemason symbols mm-hmm. on buildings and things like that. It's yeah. everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I find the idea of, the freemasons and secret societies to be interesting and it's fascinating to me that this road which we know for all the roadside attractions along it was cyrus avery was said to uh view this route as sort of a occult pilgrimage like a freemason mm. occult pilgrimage so the fact that we gravitated to that is is interesting to yeah. me, um, but one other Route sixty six uh, fact that I'll that I would leave you with is even before it was Route sixty six um, in eighteen fifty seven, it was known as the Journey of Death. That route was, and uh, there was a uh, a caravan of camels, a U.S. Of caravan of camels, yes, what? that had journeyed along. The uh, the road in eighteen fifty seven. Where did so, they come from? Uh, they were like a like a US kind of cavalry. Kind of camels? Of. Yeah, it was a caravan of ca- camels. But the, camels
0: uh, are not native to u- the United States.
1: No, um, it was uh, it was called the first U S Army Camel Corps, and they arrived from Africa in the early mm. part of eighteen fifty seven, and it was part of a survey expedition. So.
0: And what was their job? Surveying. But what does that mean?
1: I guess it means, like, you know, uh, James Buchanan wanted Beale to survey and build a wagon road from Fort Defiance to Colorado River. And that's between Arizona and California. Okay. And the camels were sort of an experiment to use in the desert. And, um, you know, camels could carry more weight than horses or mules wow and uh they thought that they could be and they can travel without water or as much oh yeah because they store it in the hump right you know your camel facts. I
0: do. Happy hump day.
1: And so, yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, I, I feel like that was a little thin on my part as far as stories. I thought I had more going on with that, but <laughs> clearly I don't. Uh, it was just sort of I was spurred by the idea that uh, Route 66 as a road is really like a place of worship for Americana. And you know, we have essentially American temples, our, our version of worshipped in the form of kitsch and creativity and uh, economic worship along Route 66. So that's, uh, that's what I got.
0: That's what you got. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening to our shorter episode today. Hopefully it gets you through your quarantine. Um, please find us on the social media. Uh, we are Nightmerica Podcast on Instagram. And if you have a fantastic short story to share with us, you can do so by emailing show at gmail.com. You can find us personally. I'm at that shop girl on Instagram. And Aaron over there is just Aaron Sagers on Aaron Sagers. at Aaron Sagers on all the social medias. And you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you listen, please rate, review, subscribe, send it to a friend. It really helps little but mighty podcasts like us.
1: Thank you for listening. And remember, wherever you found us, whichever platform you downloaded from wherever you are listening to us wherever you're listening to this podcast right this moment in your car at home at maybe work if you're back at work wherever you find us we hope we find you right back here again for another episode of Nightmarica.